0: welcome to the ArborPod, Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is John Lloyd, in the case of flu-stricken foliage. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.
1: The story you are about to read is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Insert dragnet theme music here. The day started out as any other. I came into my office and looked into the mirror to see that my hairline had receded another half inch. I broke out the sunblock and coated my forehead with three coats of the white stuff. It was going to be another long day spent in the blistering sun. I pulled my fedora down low over my brow to conceal the reflection. At least I looked intimidating. The first appointment of the day was with Mrs. Fields. Boy, I love her cookies. She called last night and insisted that I stop by her place first thing in the morning. She was convinced that her maple had succumbed to the dreaded Asian flu bug that she'd read about in her gardening magazine, which was killing all the maples in Chicago. I assumed she was talking about the Asian longhorn beetle, but with some clients, you never know. I suspected she was overreacting because Chicago was 2,000 miles away, and our state inspectors had been diligent in keeping tabs on plant materials imported into the area, but I figured I'd check it out. I hopped into my 2004 BMW 600S Artistic license. It's actually a 1967 Dodge Dart. I gunned the engine and pulled into the rush-minute traffic. In five minutes, I was at Mrs. Field's house. Like a rookie diagnostician, I immediately went up to her maple tree to see whether I could notice any damage on the trunk. Besides the routine nail holes used for garage sale signs, there didn't seem to be any evidence of borer activity. I guessed that the Asian flu bug was not the culprit in this case. It dawned on me that I had ruled out the beetle, but still had no idea what the problem was. After several minutes of self-chastising for making a rookie mistake of being too close to see the problem, I gained control of my senses and stepped back to see the tree in all its glory. It was your standard Norway maple, Acer platinoides, and it seemed to be in good shape except for a a five-foot, one-and-a-half-meter band of yellowing foliage across the street side of the tree, about eight feet, 2.4 meters, above the sidewalk. At this point, Mrs. Fields joined me in the yard with her plate of cookies, and I took the opportunity to ask her questions about the history of the situation. She claimed that the band appeared overnight. That's why she suspected those sneaky Asian flu bugs, Her friend's niece had the Asian flu once and it appeared overnight and took her weeks to get over. As an experienced tree detective, I know that most problems don't occur that quickly and usually it's just a case of the tree owner not observing the development of the problem until it was obvious that something was wrong. She steadfastly argued that it happened overnight and because her cookies were really good, I decided not to contradict her impression. The pattern of the damage, the band on the one side of the tree, suggested that the cause of the problem was abiotic, non-living. Damage from insects and diseases tends to be lust organized. My first thoughts centered on root damage, but that should have impacted the entire tree, or at least one full side. My second thought dealt with potential herbicide injury. But all the leaves were affected, both young and old foliage. Also, there wasn't the standard cupping of the leaves that is associated with many of the landscape herbicides. Mrs. Fields insisted that she didn't use herbicides, that neither she nor her husband had done anything that could impact the root system of the tree. I was in a quandary. What was I going to tell my wife? Twelve years of education and poverty, and here I was, feeling as ignorant as day one. It was Mrs. Fields who broke the mind lock that I had fallen into. She mentioned that her neighbor, Sarah Lee, was wondering whether the trees had the same bug. But Mrs. Fields assured her that the Asian flu bug attacked only maples and other hardwoods, not spruces like those Sarah had on her property. How could I have been so stupid? If it was an abiotic problem, it could impact all the trees in the area. I ran out onto the street, barely being missed by some high school kid driving his dad's Subaru. The gesture he shared with me was typical of his generation. What's wrong with kids these days? As I looked up and down the street, I noticed that every tree within five feet of the road had the same banding pattern all the way from Main Street to Minor Street, It was on trees on both sides of the road. I should have noticed it when I arrived, but I guess I was too transfixed with the thought of milk and cookies. Besides, I'd been jamming out to my Jay Giel's Band CD on the Bose stereo system and my brand new Jaguar. A man can continue to dream, can't he? I also noticed that the road was incredibly smooth and reflecting the light even more than my forehead. I went back to ask Mrs. Fields if I could use her phone. She had invited Sarah over to meet me, and they were enjoying her cheesecake with cups of coffee. I called up the city forester, who contacted the city engineer, who told him that, yes, they had contracted a paving company to resurface the street between Minor and Main. The resurfacing had occurred three days ago. Bingo. Mrs. Fields was right. It was an overnight phenomenon. The paving machine that the company was using had an exhaust pipe that vented about eight feet above the road. These machines are used all the time for resurfacing roadways. The damage that occurred on the trees was heat scorch from the exhaust pipe. With another mystery solved, I decided to sit down and join Mrs. Fields and Mrs. Lee and imbibe in their cheesecake and lively discussion about issues of the day. When I returned to my office, I made a note on my computer calendar to check on the trees next spring to see whether the damage carried over into the new growth. When spring rolled around, I returned and saw that some of the branch tips had been so scorched that they failed to break bud. Many of the conifers had new tufts of needles, but all the old needles had fallen off, leaving a poodle-tail appearance. As an avid tree-hugger, I lament the inevitable advances of construction technology that failed to account for direct effects on trees and the environment but I hope beyond hope that some engineer will create a paving machine with the exhaust pipe on the roadside of the machine, where its only impact will be to fill our lungs with the detectable smell of biodiesel. The exhaust smells like popcorn. Until next time, remember to look at the big picture first.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD9620 to complete the quiz. And stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.